0: Yes, it is that time. It is that time. It is that time. I hope that you guys are prepared. I hope that you guys are excited. This word on tonight is necessary. This word on tonight is, I just want to get to it. But first and foremost, let me welcome everybody. Thank you so much for joining us week after week, every Thursday night, every Sunday night. I feel your excitement. I feel your anticipation. Thank you for all the shares and everything. I love you all so much. I don't know what God is doing, but I'm just trusting him to do what he does because can't nobody do it like him. So are you guys ready for tonight's word? Take your screenshot, tag us, let us know where you are in the world because this message is coming for your. Life, a familiar passage of Scripture, but we're going to dissect this in a different way. Um, We're going to start in Jonah, Jonah chapter 1. We're going to read just a few verses. Jonah chapter 1, you may have heard the story before, but I want to throw a curveball to this particular biblical narrative. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, and go to Nineveh, that great city, And cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great Wind on the sea. God always knows how to get your attention. <laughs> and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. <sighs> Sidebar: Maybe the reason your life is so broke broken because you keep going the other way. Then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his god and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest part of the ship and had laid down and was fast, not slow, but was fast asleep. A clause of concern in the verse I want you to consider on tonight. Verse 3. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. God, you're awesome you for being sovereign thank you for allowing us to see this day this beautiful night a day and a night that we never saw before and will never see again speak to our hearts oh god anoint my lips to be the pa system of heaven the soundtrack of heaven all this study means nothing if you are magnified and glorified touch the hearts of your people where we could be your ambassadors and your representatives in jesus name we pray and everybody who agrees with that prayer would you drop in the room amen Amen. Listen, I hope that you guys are prepared for this. See, this type of word for part 26 of this Try Me series, this type of message, I believe, is coming all in your business. It's getting all in your business. This is one of the messages where you're going to be like, did he read my email? Did he see my inbox? He must have read my text thread. I didn't. Just the Holy Spirit is all in your business. We're coming for your business for this particular message on tonight because I would like to address a low-on-the-radar discussion because many of us are just like Jonah. sleep. Yeah. We sleep, and I'm hoping and I'm praying that the Spirit would use this message to cause us to be woke. Because I would like to describe to you and explain maybe the reason why you're in this storm that you're in. Maybe the reason your parents are going through that storm. Maybe the reason your children are going through this storm is due to this particular trait. It's this particular trait that I believe the enemy traffics the most in. And he traffics in this area undercover. Somebody say undercover. Undercover. He traffics in this area undercover, and we really can't identify that as him because he's slithering in the tall grass of our traits. And he can hide himself in this grass because we think it's our traits, but it's really him. We're not able to see him behind the curtain as the engineer for this live production that we're in, which keep causing us to continue to recycle pain. To continue to recycle pain, but then mislabel it as God blocked it. Okay. (laughs) Nobody want to talk to me. Yeah, we want to keep on recycling pain, then mislabel it as God blocked it. Let's just be real. Let's shame the devil. Maybe it's not that God blocked it. It's your stank attitude. All right. I told you, we coming all down your street, all in your business, opening up your mail, looking at the stamp. We looking for all of that. Maybe it's your stank attitude. I didn't say stink. I said stank. Maybe it's your stank attitude that keeps pushing people away. God didn't block this. Your attitude pushed them away. Let's tell the truth and shame the devil. Don't try to get all religious and don't try to get all churchy. No, God didn't block this. It was your sharp tongue. All right, here we go. It was your sharp tongue that has you keep talking to that person that you asked to hold you accountable a certain type of way. And I just got questions for you. How is it that you asked them to hold you accountable with your resources? You asked them to hold you accountable with your finances. You asked them to hold you accountable with your diet, but then you want to turn around and get sharp with them. No, God didn't block it. It's your your sharp tongue kept pushing them away. That's why they don't call anymore. Let's not get all religious. It's not the devil. It's your attitude. That's why they don't call you anymore. No, God did not block this. It's not that they don't love you. It's just that I'm trying to help you heal, but helping you heal shouldn't cause me injuries. Yes, sir. Helping you heal should not cause me injuries. Y'all ever been there? Like, I'm just trying to help you out, bruh. I'm just trying to help you, sis. How is it I'm getting hurt because I'm trying to help you heal? And you injuring me, emotionally injured, mentally injured, my heart is hurting. How is my heart broken and I'm trying to help you heal from a heartbreak? (laughs) It's hurting me. You do not have the permission to use my heart as your practice field while you find yourself. No, ma'am. No, sir. It is not my heart's job to be your practice field as you become. I'm cool with helping you evolve and I'm trying to help you heal. I just want to know why you cursing me out. Yelling at the very person who's trying to help you. Is this too real? Is this too real? Like, I'm trying to help you. I firmly believe some people have gotten so used to unhealthy, indirect communication that when you present them health and direct communication, they view it as an attack. I'm talking about this Jonah type of trait where God told you to do one thing. God told you to do this way, but you decided to go that way because it's not what we prefer. And what we keep doing is this particular trait that's allowing the enemy to cause us to keep being confused, stay in recycling seasons, Recovery seasons, entertaining counterfeits and devils. And just like Jonah, we keep ending up in stormy season after stormy season. And I just feel it's necessary. For part 26 of this Tribe Me series, I would like to speak around this thought from this subject, my preferences. Yeah, my, my preferences. Could it be that my preferences are an area in my life where the enemy is slithering in? And I'm not able to recognize it because I confuse my preference as me, but the enemy's behind it. I'm trying to get somebody to understand the enemy will send you pain, gift wrapped as your preference. I'm talking about the way that you like him to the way that you like her. The way that you want him to be, the way that you want her to be. The way that you want it to go, the way that you prefer it to go. Breaking it all the way down to the way that you prefer your food to something as massive as the way you prefer your God. Preferences. Preferences, preferences. I want to do things the way I want to do. I only do things because I like it, your preferences. And this is highly problematic. This is highly problematic and deleterious, especially for this generation because this generation orbits around likes. We orbit around being liked. And don't you dare swim in the waters of social media. Because there are people who are literally literally drowning in depression, drowning in self doubt, drowning in security because they have a like shortage. (laughs) There is a like shortage on that post. There was a like shortage on your Facebook Live. There was a like shortage on your reviews for your book on Amazon. There was a like shortage. And due to this shortage, I'm questioning me, I'm questioning my abilities questioning my calling I'm questioning what God has for me not because of any storm I'm running into not because of anything I'm doing but because I don't get enough likes because I don't get enough likes and this is the dangerous thing about living in the arena of your preferences please hear me this is the dangerous thing about living in the arena of what you like it's dangerous because hell sends you preferences That just, somebody should just type, I felt that. (laughs) I felt that. That just roundhouse kicked me in the neck bone. I felt that. Hell sends you what you like. The enemy sends you what you like. And if you're in a place where you like doing things the way that you want to do more than submitting yourself to God, you're in a dangerous place because the enemy will send you what you like. How do you want him to be? He'll send it. Somebody knows I'm not lying. Because when you look at your ex, it's your preference, but look how your life turned out. That business move that you thought was good because it caused you to get more money, but you want them for your family. It was your preference for your bank account. But look at your marriage, look at your children. He will send you pain, gift wrapped as your preferences. The enemy sends what you like. Please hear me. The enemy traffics in your preference, God traffics in your purpose. Your preference is all about what you like. Your purpose is all about what heaven needs. Do you see the difference? Your preference is all about what you like. Your purpose is all about what heaven needs. And God is not obligated to give you what you prefer. Yeah, I know. I told you. It's coming for your business. He's not obligated to give you what you prefer. I'm pretty sure Abraham didn't prefer To be tested with with sacrificing his son. I'm pretty sure that's not what he preferred. I'm pretty sure Daniel didn't prefer to have people hating on him because he had an excellent spirit. Can I help somebody really quick? You know the reason they don't like you? It's not because of something you're doing. It's because you have an excellent spirit. Because when you step in the room, you make people level up. When you step in the office, you make people level up. When you step in the community, you make people level up. When you step on the campus, you make people level up. When you step in the church, you make people level up. It's the spirit of excellence. And so when people are lazy, please hear me, ordinary and extraordinary will always get in an argument when they have to work together. They will always. Get in the argument because you're cool with being typical, average, mundane, ordinary, but I'm allergic to normal. I'm allergic to average. I'm not called to be average, typical, or mundane. My God is extraordinary, so there should be some extraordinary on my life. The spirit of excellence is why they hate you so much. I'm pretty sure Daniel... Didn't prefer to be hated on because he had the spirit of excellence and thrown in a lion's den and have to spend the night with beasts. I'm pretty sure that's not what he preferred. I'm pretty sure the three Hebrew boys didn't prefer to be thrown in a fiery furnace. I'm pretty sure Joseph didn't prefer his brothers hating on him because he was favored. And they took his coat of many colors. They tried to take his favor, but they didn't recognize the favor wasn't on my coat. The favor wasn't on my coat. It was on my life. I'm pretty sure Joseph didn't prefer to be thrown in an empty cistern, put out of that empty cistern, sold into slavery. Then Potiphar's wife is going to lie on you because you're not giving her some. Then you get thrown into jail. I'm pretty sure that's not what Joseph preferred, but it was the will of God. I'm pretty sure David didn't prefer getting anointed to be the next king over Israel, and then you have to run and dodge spears from Saul because some people are scared of your oil. And they're trying to attack you because of the oil you got. I'm pretty sure David didn't prefer running on hillsides and running on the back of mountains, hiding in caves from Saul. That's not what he preferred. We even see Jesus had a battle with this preference thing. He said, okay, God, listen. Um, I understand that this is what I'm called to do. If it be possible, take this cup away from me. I don't want to do this. I don't want to be separated from you. I don't want to endure this pain. I don't want to endure. I know that this is what I'm called to do, but if it be possible, God, this is not what I prefer. Nevertheless, that's what God is looking for. Nevertheless, not my will. I don't understand it. Nevertheless. It doesn't feel good. Nevertheless. Yes, this hurts. Nevertheless. I don't like it. Nevertheless. I'm tired of fasting. Nevertheless. I don't want to watch this. Nevertheless. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Preferences. 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 The enemy slithers and not preferences because he knows if we live a life based on how we prefer, he can kill us softly. Killing me softly with his song. Killing me softly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He likes to kill us softly. Let me tell you something. Listen, this is how we don't see the enemy. Because the enemy doesn't try to kill us swiftly. The enemy is not trying to quickly take you out. Because it's too obvious, it's me. The enemy is in the gradual He's in that slow drift, not not something swift, but he wants to slowly decline your prayer life, slowly decline your passion meter of worship, slowly decline your commitment, slowly decline, decline your passion for your wife, slowly decline. He's in the gradual. The devil traffics in body shots. He traffics in body shots. He's not trying to knock you out. He's trying to wear you out. Yeah, he's trying to wear you out. See, you're so caught up trying to look good for rounds one through five. You want everybody to see you got hands. But the enemy, he's trained for round 11 and 12. I'm waiting till they're tired. I'm waiting till they're exhausted. I'm waiting until they're weary. I'm waiting until something like COVID hits their life so hard and they get depressed. That's the atmosphere. That's when I'm going for the knockout. But round one, body shot of depression. Round two, body shot of anxiety. Round three, body shot of people not liking you body shot of somebody unsubscribing I'm going for the body shots the slow gradual compromises the slow gradual turning down of your commitments that's where the enemy is in he's not trying to just knock you out he's trying to wear you out please hear me Of us don't even recognize it is our preferences that is causing it is our preferences that are the antagonist to the spirit's desire What I like, what I crave, and what I desire is the antagonist to what the Holy Spirit desires in your life. The Holy Spirit's like, listen, I'm trying to mold you into this. I'm trying to fix your heart into this. There's an area of unaddressed pain. That part of your heart that you buried. Give me that. That part that you acting like you're okay, give me that. That part that you're not talking about, that nobody else, you're never letting them know this part. You're not talking about that molestation. Nobody knows that you were raped. Nobody knows that your daddy touched you inappropriately. That part of your life that you're hiding, that you have buried in your heart, give it to me because it's affecting your personality. It's affecting your personality, and as a personality type, I need you for your assignment, and I need you to take that away from me. Like my, I, need you to take, I need you to allow me to take that away from you. And like my wife said a few nights ago, maybe you're not an introvert. You're just hurt. Think about it when did you start getting like this are you really an introvert or everything changed once that happened you've changed since that divorce you changed since that breakup you changed since you thought that this was God's will but something happened and you discovered that it wasn't God's will but it was your will something happened in your heart is it you're really an introvert or are you into hurt inside of me there's an area of hurt that I haven't talked about I'm acting as though I'm okay. I deserve an Oscar because I know how to master my smiles and bury my pain. And at night you have these screams and you're crying, your pillowcases drenched in tears. Don't nobody know about it but the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's like, give me that. Give me that. I-, I, want- I want to help you heal from that. I want you to have authentic joy. I want to mold you and shape you. But you're so caught up with how you prefer to live. You're so caught up with what you prefer to do I need you to stop being like Joan and running some of us we deliberately run from sermons that you know are going to come for your life like you run from those people isn't it crazy like I would notice why is it when you dating him y'all stop talking to me and Tanisha what we gonna do (laughs) why you stop why you stop coming to church when y'all start talking It's almost as if when we want something and we're in this season of, you know what, I don't care. I'm rebellious. I want to do what I want. You try to surround yourself with people who agree with you. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, I want to surround myself with people who will agree with me, not people who will challenge me, not people who ask me questions, not, pe- not people who will expose that I'm making emotional decisions, not people who will tell you, girl, I know you. This is not you. You're not happy. you acting happy. You're not free. You're posting all this stuff online to make everybody think that you're happy. And yeah, 2020 is still my year. you hurt. You're going through it. But what we do is we're running from the sermons. We're running from God. We're running from the people who will call us out and that will actually help you get free. So I'm going to surround myself with everybody who doesn't know the real me. I'm going to surround myself with people who don't challenge me. I'm going to surround myself with people who agree with my lifestyle so I'll never be called on the carpet. Ah, Give me change of perspective. Could it be that God is answering your prayer? By not answering your prayer. Yeah. You're asking God, God, I need you to help me with my anger. Don't let this coworker say nothing to me. Don't let them say nothing to me. I need you to help me with my anger. And God's like, how am I going to help you if you avoid it? (laughs) You can't heal from a void that you avoid. I'm going to help you, but just not the way that you prefer. I'm going to help you, but not the way that you prefer. Don't you understand that in the kingdom, everything is opposite from culture? In the kingdom, everything is opposite from culture. And I can't speak for anybody else, but I'm personally in this place in my life where normal is overrated. (laughs) See, in the kingdom, we bless those that hate us. That's countercultural, but it's kingdom. In the kingdom, we give, we don't hoard. That's countercultural, but it's kingdom. In the kingdom, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. That's countercultural, but... It's kingdom. In the kingdom, if I seek to find my life, I'll lose it. But if I lose my life for his sake, I'll find it. Countercultural, but it's kingdom. And I prefer kingdom. Somebody drop a comment and say, I prefer kingdom. I prefer kingdom. I prefer kingdom. Even in the seasons where it looks like I'm losing, I'm really winning. In the kingdom, when it looks like you're losing, you're actually winning. (laughs) Like for example, if you lost them, but you found you, you really won. Countercultural, but it's kingdom. If you lost that relationship, but now you have a prayer life. (laughs) Yeah. If you lost that relationship, but now you have a prayer life, now you binge in the try me series, now you're seeking out biblical literature and biblical narratives on how to improve and grow in God, you really won. If you didn't get the promotion and you didn't get the position, but you gained character along the way, you really won. If they didn't want you and they rejected you, but that's not what God had for you anyway, you won. See, many times we don't recognize in the kingdom is opposite. If you lost them but found you, you won. We're gonna get back to the message in a minute, but I wanna let you know we have a new series coming, and I think it's gonna be powerful. We are really, really dealing with the warfare between ourselves and ourselves. Check this out. Purpose is a fixer. Yeah, this is dope. Dope, bro. This is terrible. This is terrible. You have had better sermons than this. Better messages than this. This is possibly, I think, your worst sermon. Like unsubscribe. You fell off. Like this is terrible. Dope. I need you to, like delete this. Matter of fact, shut the computer down. If the financial floodwaters rose unexpectedly, if the financial floodwaters rose unexpectedly, which caused for you to be more creative and innovative with your gift, you won. Because sometimes limitation is the breeding ground of innovation. You won. Everything is different in the kingdom. I want you guys to see this. There there was this time when um, my daughter and I, we were going walking. Okay, so there's this picture of my daughter I want you guys to see. Right here, my daughter is roughly three years old. She's three years old. We just got out of the terrific twos, <laughs> the terrific 2 phase. And I'm going to explain to you my daughter's frown. I mentioned this earlier this year, but I want to share it with you. So um, before this picture, my daughter and I were in the backyard just having some great QT. Quality time with Daddy. And baby girl, we running around, we blowing bubbles, we're having a great time. My wife gets home, and we decided to do a walk. So now we have to go from the backyard to the front yard. Somebody say transition. We have to go from the backyard to the front yard. And as we go to the front yard, there is a major adjustment that has to be made, and my daughter's not feeling it. This is not what she prefers. This is not what she wants to do. She doesn't like it. This is not her will. And it's obvious by her face. <laughs> it's obvious by her face in this picture. And that is she now has to hold our hand. She, she now has to hold our hand because she views the hand as limitation. Look, you can always tell when you're dealing with a baby when they view the hand as limitation versus protection. See, she was so used to the backyard, and she wanted the same exact freedom that she had in the backyard, and she's wondering why, why do I have to hold daddy's hand now? See, there's so many messages about seeing the hand of God. I wish we had more content about what do you do when God makes you hold it. Not just seeing the hand of God, but when he makes you hold his hand. She doesn't recognize it's danger out here. There's more space out here. I'm trying to expose you to greater. I'm trying to take you to another realm. I'm trying to increase your anointing. I'm trying to increase your devotion. I'm trying to get you to know who I am. But at this realm, you have to hold my hand. It's not what she prefers, but it's what God needs. Jonah. Jonah is told... To go to Nineveh. Jonah is told to go to Nineveh and just a little history he doesn't want to go because the Assyrians were bullish to Jonah's people. Nineveh was accredited to be the capital of Assyria. I don't want to have anything to do with them, God, because they have done me wrong. You know how we are. God, you shouldn't bless them because they did me so foul. God, you shouldn't give them increase because of how they did me. It's almost as though we think if I don't like them, God, you shouldn't like them either. (laughs) Because they did me wrong, God, you shouldn't do them right. I'm trying to follow your will. You're going to let them get promoted, you're going to let them get married. How they appear, God, they don't, I'm not following you. This is not what I prefer. I'm taking my behind to Tarsus. <laughs> Jonah doesn't feel like doing what God told him to do. It's not what he prefers. And Nineveh truly is a wicked place. I want you to see this in Nahum chapter 3. It kind of describes this atmosphere of Nineveh. Nahum chapter 3 verse 1, it says, Woe to the bloody city. It is all full of lies and robbery. Its victims never depart. The noise of a whip and the noise of rattling wheels, of galloping horses, of clattering chariots, horsemen charged with a bright sword and a glittering spear. There is a multitude of slain, a great number of bodies Countless corpses. They stumble over corpses because of the multitude of harlotries of the seductive harlot, the mistress of sorceries who sell nations through their harlotries. Listen, Nineveh is a terrible place, and Jonah's like, listen, um, they've been living terrible. They deserve judgment. I'm not doing it. I'm going to Tarshish, and I want you to see this. I want you to. I want this map to come on the screen. I want you guys to see this. Look at the distance. (laughs) Look at the distance from Israel to Joppa all the way to Tarshish. All the way to Tarshish. Okay, it is 2,500 miles. Listen, 2,500 miles from Israel all the way over to Tarshish. It is 550 miles from Israel to Nineveh. Jonah says, I'm not just going to go the other way, but I'm going to go all the way. (laughs) Look Look at this map. Does your life look like this? Is this how your life looks when it comes to the will of God and your preference? There's this huge gulf between what God wants for your life and what you want for your life. And some way and somehow you keep getting confused on how you keep ending up in the belly of something. Yeah, the belly of depression, the belly of doubt, the belly of pain, the belly of hurt. You're wondering, how do I keep ending up here? And could it be because God is just trying to get you to give him a 550-mile act of obedience? But because you don't agree, because you don't like the people, because here it is, this is not your preference. This is not your preference. You're going to keep running into storms? And keep trying to go the opposite direction because this is not what I want. I wonder how many of us, could it be the season that you're in is because you're running from the will because you're pursuing your preference. God is looking for our surrender, not our preference. Say it again. God is looking for our surrender, not our our preference and I break this down I want you guys to see this the difference between a preference and surrender but before we go there I want you to look at verse 5 look at verse 5 Jonah chapter 1 verse 5 it says then the mariners were afraid and every man cried out to his God Every man cried out to his god and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. What are they doing? They getting rid of stuff that they need to try to keep Jonah. Have you thrown your peace overboard to keep? Oh man. Have you thrown away your joy to keep a Jonah? Have you thrown away having confidence in what you see in the mirror to keep a Jonah on board? They're throwing over the boat what they need. Because they're trying to keep what they don't. (laughs) You will always lose your cargo when you are harboring a fugitive. Any man or any woman who is running from God and you're dating them, oh boy, and you're dating them, you're harboring a fugitive. And the storm that you're going through is third party influenced. And so I'm going through this because of who I'm allowing on my boat. I'm going to leave that alone. I feel like that right there was like an ouchie. All right, look, preference versus surrender. Okay, your preference is what I want. That's what I want, all right? Surrender is what heaven needs. Your preferences are all about you, what I want, what I think, what I desire, my outlook, what I think, what I believe, what I think. Your your surrendered life is all about what heaven needs. What do you need for me to do? do how do How do you need me to respond to this? Preference, what I want. Surrender, what heaven needs. Number two, preferences are all about your deadline. Surrender is all about waiter time. (laughs) It's so good. See, a lot of us, your preference is for God to do it July 4th of 1992. And it still ain't happened yet. And so now you're bitter and you're upset because you gave heaven a deadline. Yeah, yeah. You know why you're so frustrated? Because of the unspoken deadlines that you gave God that he didn't meet. And so now you're questioning his reality, even his existence, because he didn't meet your deadline. And I'm trying to get us to understand the surrendered life is when we don't look at a deadline but waiter time. What do waiters do? They serve. Not only am I waving my white flag saying, God, I surrender. Oh, but I'm also, I'm a waiter. I'm serving whatever the kingdom needs, however, you need to use me. I'm serving. And the better you serve, the bigger your tip. And can't nobody tip like God. Can't nobody tip like heaven. Maybe stop looking at what you want and start serving to give God what He needs. What God does in us while we wait is more important than what you're waiting for. Preference versus surrender. Preferences are all about my happiness. The surrendered life is all about obedience. What if I told you that sometimes God is going to call you to do things that doesn't make you happy. <laughs> it's not going to be what you prefer. But obedience opens doors that you'll never have to knock on. I have to throw this mic. Obedience opens doors that you never have even have to knock on. You'll begin to wonder, how am I getting blessed like this? How am I just walking in the overflow like this? How am I just walking in abundance like this? And I'm not talking about abundance of money. How about an abundance of peace? How about an abundance of confidence, abundance of sleeping? You used to couldn't sleep, but now you're getting sweet sleep. I'm talking about falling asleep in seconds type of sleep. Drooling, sometimes got a crook in your neck because you so knocked out. You don't need no sleeping aids. You don't need no sleeping pills. You just got the peace of God because he gives his beloved sweet sleep. Obedience will do that. I stated this many times happiness derives from the word happenings. When you live a life based on I want things to make me happy, this means your happiness is tied to what happens. Preference life versus surrendered life. When you live a life of preferences, you have modified behavior. Modified behavior. You know what that is? Well, maybe if I'm pure, God will give me a husband by 32. Well, maybe if I, maybe if I start giving like this, God will do this. Well, well, maybe if I stop doing this, God will do this. Modified behavior. You're doing it because you want a reward. You're doing it because you want a reward. God doesn't want modified behavior. He wants a heart metamorphosis. So listen, listen. I'm literally speaking of the transition from a caterpillar to a butterfly. Ain't no way I can go back to being a caterpillar. But here's the thing, everybody wants to embrace the but the wings of a butterfly, but are you willing to embrace being cocooned? Yeah. That season where there is nothing happening, that season where you're hidden, but it's the season where God is molding you, he is building you. We don't know what's happening inside the cocoon, but we do know when you break out of this, you're going to have wings. We do know when you break out of this, you're going to be able to soar. We do know when you break out of this, you're going to have a level of peace that you never had before. But will you endure not getting your preference to allow God to cocoon you? Preference life versus surrendered life. The preference life, people who live a life based on their preference, they're control freaks. Yep. Because you try to control outcomes. You want things to go the way you prefer. So you never take your hand off the wheel and you keep on wondering why you end up in the wrong place. (laughs) Because you keep making turns you prefer. If I don't want to do this, I'm going left. If I don't like the way they talk to me, I'm going right. If I don't like the tension of this ministry, I'm leaving that. I don't have to tolerate that. I'm done with this. Well, I didn't really like the way that he said this. I'm done with this. Well, I don't like they haven't picked up his socks. Divorce you. Just everything that doesn't match your preference, you keep on turning. And you become a control freak. But here's the thing. You really control nothing. So the the, the surrendered life is I'm not going to be a control freak because God controls all things. I'm going to live the submitted life. In UFC, Ultimate Fighting Championship, or any combat sport when there's wrestling, sometimes they have something called a submission move. And submission move is when they have put you in a hold or some type of grapple that is so tight that you have no other choice but to tap out. And what I'm trying to get us to understand is don't allow the spirit... To allow something to tangle us or grapple us so much so to where we have to tap out. If you just go ahead and lift your hands like this. This is symbolic of worship and surrender. I don't have nothing. I'm not trying to hide nothing. I'm not trying to fight you back. I don't want to hurt the kingdom. I want to help the kingdom. God, I surrender. God is saying I need my people to prefer the surrendered life versus living their life based on their preference. And the reason many of us, we keep experiencing heartache experiencing heartache after heartache is because we're following our preference. Don't let the culture lie to you. Girl, just follow your heart. That's a lie. <laughs> don't follow your heart. It's crazy how we keep wanting kingdom benefits but follow a cultural counsel. <laughs> don't follow your heart. All that's going to do is have you go in the wrong direction, expect arriving at the right destination. You don't follow your heart. You follow the spirit. And this is how we keep getting hurt because our heart keeps allowing us to get married without our permission. Gosh, I used to always wonder why people stay in things that are toxic for so long until I understand maybe they've allowed their heart to get married without their permission. And they don't want to break up because it literally feels like a heart divorce. How about when you catch feelings, check them. Just because you feel them doesn't mean they're right. How about you pray this, God, I'm kind of feeling like this, but I want to run my feelings through the filter of the Holy Spirit. Am I supposed to have feelings for him the way I have feelings for him? God, I'm feeling like this might be the route I need to take, but I don't want to get excited. See, this is how I get disappointed, God, because I keep appointing myself to a place, appointing my outcome to a certain person, and when they diss it, now I'm disappointed. I want to be able to be in your will. I want to follow your instructions. Check my feelings, because just because I feel it doesn't mean it's you. We'll end up getting mad at God Because of the outcome Of our preference So I was like I just want to give you seven things I want to end with this Seven things How could I end certain things in my life Where I could stop ending up in these toxic places Seven things If I can give you seven things That I feel as though we need to end So we can stop being like Jonah And go in the opposite direction of what God called us to go to Number one Stop skipping your spiritual medication. Depending on the virus, all of us have a virus on us. It's called the sinful nature. All of us. And if you miss your medication, not only are you going to have a relapse, but it's going to take over. My spiritual medication, what is that? My spiritual disciplines. i got to stay reading my Bible. Which one did you check more? Your word or your phone? Could y'all imagine how holy you would be if you checked your phone? If you checked your phone like you checked your Bible, which one do you grab first in the morning, the Word of God or your phone? If we had a generation that treated the Word of God like their phone, I'm talking about we would see the miraculous, we would see the wonders of heaven. Spiritual disciplines, read the Word of God daily. This is my dosage and I need it. Listen to the Word of God. This is not something ancient. This is Bible. Meditate on the Word day and night. You can't meditate if you don't read it. What are you meditating on? No wonder your mind, see, no wonder you keep overthinking. You keep meditating on the trauma and what you see on CNN and all the bad news. That's what you're meditating. If you can worry, you can meditate. Meditate on the Word of God. Stop skipping your spiritual medication, prayer, Bible reading, feasting on the word of God, your spiritual medication. Number two, stop trying to recreate the version of yourself in people's head. We talked about that last week. That is exhausting. Trying to get them to see me the way I see me. That's too much work everybody's going to have a different perspective of you in their head. We talked about this in my last teaching. You got 20 people in the room. There are going to be 20 different yous in their head, and you're going to end up exhausted trying to recreate everyone. Let the Lord introduce you to who you've been called to be, and stop trying to recreate yourself in their head. That's freedom. Number three, stop listening to your inner critic. Listening to your inner critic. It's always going to be there. It's there for me. It's there for me. This sermon ain't going to be good. Ain't nobody gonna listen to this. Last week was better. What is there for me? I'm being open and transparent. The enemy tries a lie to me. Ain't nobody listening. You ain't helping nobody. Why are you doing this? You don't even know what you're talking about. Look, you rambled over that word. Ain't nobody listening to you. If I listen to the inner critic, I would never be listening, I would never be reaching you right now. Everybody has one. You have to learn to listen to your inner cheerleader versus your inner critic. Next one, number four. Stop allowing the past to make you stuck. Your past is your educational system, educational system, not your prison. You learn from it, but I'm not arrested by it. Okay? Your past, you learn. You learn. It happened. It could have been messed up. But I'm not going to allow that to be the title of my life. It was just a chapter in my life. And some of us, it's not even a chapter. Just turn the page. Okay? All right, number five, I kind of touched on this, overthinking. A lot of us are thinking ourselves into depression. It ain't nobody else. The devil do not even have to mess with you. The devil is so smart that he knows all I got to do is have the right person call them or don't call them, and that's going to mess up their whole week. I know I'm telling the truth. It happened to me. Like, I'm going to just let something happen. To throw off your whole week. And I want us to be so mature that yes, they may not have texted you, but there are 66 letters that God has texted you. I feel like God is saying, I've texted you though, and I've texted you and said that you're beautifully and wonderfully made, that you're the head and not the batel, you're above and not beneath. How about allow my text message to throw your day back on? Number six, stop saying tomorrow. <sighs> oh, Lord. Just raise your hand if that one just came for your soul. Tomorrow, just tomorrow. When you going to start working out? Tomorrow. When you going to start that business plan? Tomorrow. When you going to start your meal prep? Tomorrow. When you going to start doing your budget? Tomorrow. When you going to start walking? Tomorrow. When you going to clean the house? Tomorrow. Look at your trunk. When you going to clean up your trunk? Tomorrow. When you going to clean your back seat? Tomorrow. When you going to do these dishes? Tomorrow. 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 Tomorrow is the enemy of you developing consistency. And a lot of us. That's your favorite word. And I want us to cease saying tomorrow. No more tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm going to do it tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. You're not promised tomorrow. If you could do it today, start today. Start your walking today. Your trunk, as soon as you end this message, you hit end, go clean your trunk today. Well, it's kind of dark outside. Okay, well, at least just write it down. In the morning, I'm going to get my trunk. How about stop pressing snooze? No more snooze. Whenever you make up your mind to make a commitment that will lead you to follow God's instructions versus lead you to Tarshish, follow it. Last one, stop justifying polluted relationships. Stop justifying it. Well, at least, well, that's my mama. Well, that's my daddy. Well, that's my brother. Well, that's my friend. Well, they've been there since childhood. Well, they've been there. Stop justifying it. It's suffocating your spirit suffocating your soul and God is saying listen with all these things in your life you have to ask your inner critic first you have to ask your overthinking first you have to first ask your polluted friends all all of my instructions have to keep going through the filter of how you feel before you obey so therefore you can have swift obedience because your heart is a couch and not a throne several things are sitting on your heart couch was made for many people. A throne is for one person. God has said, I want my I want your heart to be my throne. So God, help us to understand the surrendered life is better than the preferred life. And so many of us have been living life based on how we prefer it to go and our preferences and what we desire. Help us surrender. Surrender to your will because it's better to be in the will of God than to have a false sense of happiness trying to do what I prefer. In Jesus' name we pray.